All right, Rebbe, say good morning, good morning, a good tavach, beautiful beginning of the week together, beginning by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning's share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Teves, the Dafyomi share in memory of Mr. Milton Martyr, Mordechai, David, Ben, Raphael, HaKohen, Shirley Elbaum and family, <coughs> for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month, creation of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Koppel, Ben, Rebbe, Avram, Menachem, to thank our week of learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollock, and the Schuss of Rafushlim of Four, Rabbi David Katz, Rav David Akoin Ben Leo, and Said and Sima Haken, Leilo Nishmas, Sima's parents, Miriam Bas Elazar, and Yecheskel Ben Aga Sela. And also to thank the Hakens for sponsoring the Mizonos this morning in memory of Sima's parents as well. We hope that in the merit of all of our time Torah, and the brachas, the and the families in the and all those who require a refuah should have one together with kol chole yisrael. Both with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. There are actually some really interesting suyas coming up over the next couple of days. Today's daf is Ayin Hay seventy five. Thanks, Rabbi. Thanks, Rabbi Richter. Yesterday we got a little of a head start on today's daf. We're picking up today, Meretz Hashem, at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah on Ayin Hay Amid Aleph, about halfway down the page. However, the Ishto, a man says to his wife, Rebbe, say the truth is, we've actually seen a number of these concepts already quoted in earlier sugyas, so now it's an opportunity for us to see it kind of firsthand. However, the Ishto, a man says to his wife, So here's the scenario. Ruben's married to Rachel. And Ruben says to Rachel, listen, I'm going away. I'm going away. And any Nidarim that you vow, from now until I come back from this certain place, right? Like uh, ultimately again should be upheld, should be affirmed. Shaver, so we'll say what's happening over here? Proactive affirmation. Proactive affirmation. So again, he's giving a timeline. So whatever in the Dharam happens between now and when I come back from whatever place that I am, ultimately again should be affirmed. What's the Lo Amar Klum. The Mishnah says such a statement is absolutely meaningless. Now, we'll say, why is it that it's meaningless? So, we'll say, if you take a quick look, if you take a quick look at the rush. So, the rush is in the right-hand column, the right-hand margin. And again, like the second perush in Yemesurah, and then right in the right-hand column, the rush. So, if you look in the rush, two, four, six, eight, nine lines in, the rush says as follows, Harehin kayomen lo amar klum, lael, I will say the rush says the reason for this is because this is a mistaken affirmation. Why is it a mistaken affirmation? I will say because it doesn't make sense that anyone would make such a statement like this. Any nether you make, I hereby if what? Why on earth? I will say it's, it's such an illogical statement to make, and it's opening yourself up to affirm the Dharam that are clearly not going to be good Nidharim. So therefore, again, this is the Rush's idea. See, he says, Because again, it's very possible and maybe even likely that there will be Nidharim that she will make that he will not like. So because of that, again, the Rush says, proactive affirmation does not work. I will say, if you go to the other column, to the other column, all the way in the margin, the left-hand margin, Tosis, Tells us about about twenty lines up from the bottom. Says the same thing as well. gomer because what he tells us spells out a little bit more over here. He doesn't really mean to commit to what it is that he's saying. Why? Because they're going to be nedarim that he may not like. Therefore, I'll say this is considered to be like a mistaken affirmation. 
Sadbose, this is halacha number one. So you cannot make a proactive affirmation. And the Rush and Tosas both explaining to us why, because this is what's called a kiyum bitos, a mistaken affirmation. Why is it a mistaken affirmation? Because essentially to give that type of, we'll call it, you know, affir- you know carte blanche affirmation, that doesn't make any sense because he runs the possibility of nidarim that he doesn't want or nidarim ultimately, again, that are contraindicated to be affirmed. And therefore, again, it's called the kiyum bitos, therefore it doesn't work. Okay, what about the reverse? What about harihein mufarim? So let's put out the reverse case. A man says to his wife, any nether you make between now and the time that I return, you know, from wherever, should be revoked. So we'll say now a proactive, a proactive revocation. Does such a statement work or not? Rabbi Eliezer Omer Mufar. Rabbi Eliezer says, yep, it works. It does not work. Okay, so I'll say, so what's at the core of the Machlokes over here? So the Gemara says, listen to this. So Rabbi Lazar, I'm Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says like this. I'm going to tell you why, I want to tell you why proactive revocation works. So I'll say, I just want to point out something very interesting. In proactive affirmation, there's no Machlokes. Everyone agrees it does not work. It would be called a Kiyum Bitos. Proactive revocation, Rabbi Eliezer says, works. Chacham say does not work. Okay, what Rabbi Eliezer now explains his position. Here we go. Amar Rabbi Eliezer. Im hefer nedarm shabal lechlal iser. Lo yafer nedarm shabal lechlal iser. So I will say, Rabbi Eliezer's logic is an interesting kalvachomer. He says, if a husband could revoke a neder which already took hold, then of course he could revoke a neder proactively before it took hold. So I will say, Rabbi Eliezer's logic is like this. It's much harder to undo a reality than it is to what? Prevent the reality from ever occurring. By the Rebbe say, what, what a profound statement. It is much harder to undo a current reality than it is to prevent a reality from ever occurring. So therefore, Belezer will say like this, if halacha a husband could revoke his wife's hand, I will say, what's involved in, in, in the revocation of the arm? What's involved? What's involved? A woman makes an edder. Well, so what happens if she makes an edder? What happens? There's a reality. There's a reality that's occurred. So now a husband has the power to take a current reality and mamish uproot it. That's incredible. You could change reality. So if you could change reality, you could certainly prevent the nether from ever occurring. I will say, by the way, what, a, what, a, what an incredible Mr. Haskell also. I will say, it is easier to go ahead and, or I should say, it's harder to uproot a current reality then it is to prevent a reality from occurring. Well, so you know what? That's the difference between that's the difference between doing tshuva and refraining from sin to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I will say, what's tshuva? What's tshuva? Tshuva ultimately again is changing reality. Tshuva is taking one reality and ultimately changing that reality. Depending depending on what type of tshuva you do, right, determines how much you change reality. Right? The Gemara says, the Gemara says, we learned this. If you do tshuva miira. Right, you have the ability to go ahead and transform your averos into shkagos, into accidental acts. You go ahead and you do tshuva me'ava, you have the ability to do what? Turn your averos into zechuyos. Into zechuyos. So I will say tshuva is the power through which I have the ability to change reality. But tshuva is a hard process. Tshuva is a hard process. You know what's even better than tshuva, I will say? You know what's even better than tshuva? It's thing to think about. What's even better than tshuva? Not sinning at all. Not sinning at all. Even better, even, certainly much easier said than done. Right? But, but again, I will say it's, it's something to think about. 
that even better than tshuva is the ability to kind of hold myself back, restrain myself a little bit so that the negative reality itself never occurs. Okay, but the, I, so I will say, what, what Rabbi Eliezer is saying, if you're supposed to listen to this, Rabbi Eliezer will say like this, if, they have the, if I have the power to do tshuva and change reality, then Rabbi will say, I also have the power to do what? To do what? To exercise self-restraint. If I have the power to do tshuva and change my reality, I certainly have the power to exercise self-restraint as well. What a Musar. In any event, so we'll say, back to the dark. That's Rabbi Eliezer's. That's Rabbi Eliezer's. By the way, you, you begin to see, you begin to see that there's a, a very strong, in general, in the sect, a very strong link between the concept of Nidarim and the concept of Tshuva. Because both represent, again, the creation of realities, the annulment of realities, the revocation of realities, meaning one thing sink. So we see that theme throughout in the Sefer. In any event, so Eliezer will say like this, if Halacha, the husband, has the ability to annul the nether once it takes effect, he certainly has the ability to block it from ever occurring. What do the Chum say to that? And therefore, I will say, in Rabbi Eliezer's, in Rabbi Eliezer's worldview, a proactive revocation Absolutely works. Absolutely works. Fine. So I'll say, what do the Chachamim say? The Chacham say, Amrullah, the Chacham say back to him, no. Harihu Omer, Isha Yikimenu, Isha Yiferenu. So I'll say, the Chachamim say to Rabbi Elias like this, it's not a Kavach Omer. Right there again, it's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, the husband will affirm the nether, the husband will revoke the nether. And therefore the Chacham understand, as Sheba Lechlal Hakeim, what kind of nether can you annul? What kind of nether can you annul? Only a nether which can be affirmed. Right? If a, never, if a nether can't be affirmed, then what? This is very interesting. So the same way. So the Chum will say, the only way to be mefer a nether is if it's the type of nether which can be affirmed. What's the type of nether which can be affirmed? one that the woman has articulated. But remember again, we just said before, like proactive affirmation doesn't work. So in order for a nether, in other words, the Pasuk is linking revocation to affirmation. What type of nether can be revoked? The same type of nether which can be affirmed, i.e. one that has been made already. So a nether which has been made, the husband could affirm it or the husband could revoke it. A nether which hasn't been made, the husband can't affirm it. If he can't affirm it, therefore what? He can't revoke it. So the Rabbi say, take a look at the Ran for just a moment. So the Ran, it's uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, about fourteen lines up from the bottom of the Ran. As shabalachal hakim nedarim shechalu lo balachal lo balachal hakim. Sorry. So as shabalachal hakim. So nedarim, which can be affirmed, which means nedarim that were made, ultimately again can be revoked. But again, the darim, which cannot be affirmed, i.e. the darim shelo chalu, lo bo'o lechlal hafer. The afal gav the ika kavachomer, ba'al karchach ikishin akavser. So Rabbi Yossi, it's very interesting. The Chachamim say, Rabbi Eliezer, we love your kavachomer. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. But Lamaisa, what's the problem over here? The problem over here is, we have a So Rabbi Yossi, so let's take a step back. Now we have the whole Mishnah. So Rabbi Yossi, so two cases in Mishnah. Case number one, is proactive, proactive affirmation. What's the law of proactive affirmation? Everyone agrees, doesn't work. Why? Why? Because if it doesn't, what do we call that? A kiyom bitos, a mistaken affirmation. Because to give that type of carte blanche affirmation, knowing full well that she may make nidarim, that he's not going to agree with, is a serious problem. So everyone agrees, 
Proactive affirmation does not work. What about proactive revocation? So this is the Machlokas, Rabbi Abiezer and the Chacham. So again, Rabbi Abiezer will say it works. Why? Based on the Kabbalah Homer. If Halacha a husband has the ability to revoke his wife's Nidarim. In other words, if he has the ability to actively uproot a current reality, he certainly has the ability to what? To prevent that reality from occurring to begin with. To prevent it occurring from occurring to begin with. So, and, and that's why, again, proactive, proactive revocation will work. The Chum will say, it's, it's, it, okay, I hear the Kavach Homer, but Lamai said, it's a kimeno, Only a nether which can be affirmed can be revoked. What's the type of nether that can be affirmed? One that was made. One that was made. So therefore, again, only nether that can be affirmed can be revoked, and therefore proactive, proactive revocation will not work. Good. So we'll say that's Machlokis. Very exciting. Yibailo. Shavos is very interesting. So now the Gemara is going to focus. So for the rest of the daf, we're really going to be focused on Rabbi Eliezer. So Rabbi Eliezer is telling us that proactive revocation works. Now we'll say in that model, what are the mechanics? Here we go. Yibailo. Rabbi Eliezer, mechal cholin ubetelin, oldilma lo cholin klal. So I will say, in the mechanics of Rabbi Eliezer's model, where proactive revocation works, how does it work? Let's play this out. Right, Reuven's married to Rachel. So Reuven, Reuven is going ahead and he's going away, and he says to, he says to Rachel, Rachel, any that you take between now and when I get back in a month from now are proactively revoked. Proactively revoked. Rabbi Eliezer says, it works. Okay, so let's play this out. Now, two days later, Rachel makes a nether. I'm not going to eat bread. I'm not going to eat bread. Shabbos says, so now, according to Rabbi what happens to that nether? What happens? It's revoked. So here's the shayla. How do, when we say it's revoked, what happens? Is it that the nether is chal, it works, and then the revocation kicks in? Or that the revocation prevents it, the proactive revocation prevents it, from ever being chal at all. In other words, the nether is never even, it, 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 it never is valid, even for a moment. But let's say, take a quick look at the Rand, again, right where we left off. According to Rebbe holds that proactive revocation works. Do we say, the nether is chal? So when Rachel says, I'm not going to eat bread, the nether is chal. But a moment after it's chal, what happens? What happens? It's revoked. Old Dilma, lo chayli klal. Or maybe, you know, the nether never even takes effect for a moment. Why? Kevad shefer la, kodem shehefra la, shehefra la, kodem shehefra So what's like, you know what the Gemara is essentially asking? What's the definition of proactive revocation? Does proactive revocation mean that halacha la the nether never even takes effect? Proactive revocation means it stops it at the gate and never, or no. What proactive revocation says is, Rachel makes a nether, right? For the moment she makes a nether, the nether is chal, and then the next second, the revocation comes in and knocks it off. Says the Gemara, the Mayanath Kamina, who cares? Who cares? Like, what, is, what, is, what does it matter? So this is very interesting. So this is actually really quite interesting. Where does it make a difference? Shabbos say, imagine the following situation, right? Rachel, so right, so Rachel goes ahead. Rachel is married to Ruvain. Remember, same case, right? Ruvain says, I'm going out of town. I'll be out of town for the next month. Any of the dharma you make until I get back, ultimately are annulled. Rabbi Eliezer says, proactive revocation works. Fine. Two days later, Rachel says, I'm not eating bread. Shabbos says, now what happens? Rachel is a friend, Leah, right? And Leah says, Gamani. 
You know what? I'm in. All right. We're going on the bread, bread diet, right? Gamani. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that either. I'm doing it. So we'll say, so what's the, sh- that's called hatfasa. So we'll say, you could do that, right? You could do that. In other words, you can go ahead and attach yourself to someone else's nether. The truth is, the paradigmatic example is that the rush brings down, I will say, is really by a nausea. Right, so okay, we can change, let's change it to keep it consistent, right? So two days after Ruben leaves, Rachel decides she's going to be in Nazira. So she says, Harini Nazira. Her friend Leah hears this and she says, Gamani. I also, I mean also. So she's piggybacking on Rachel's nether. So we'll say, now watch this. So we'll say, if you say that Rachel's nether is chal, even for just a moment, that's fine. Then Leah can piggyback on it. Lo ika But I will say, if the proactive revocation means that what? The nether never even takes effect for a moment, even just for a moment, then what? Then there's no hatfasa. Then there's no linking on to, there's no piggybacking on that nether. I will say, take a quick look at the rush. Right, left hand margin, left hand margin. Kigon shamra harini nazira, vishama echad va'amar va'ani besoch kidei dibor. Alright, so that's giving us more specifics of it, right? So Rachel makes the nether. I'm going to be in a zero two days after Ruvain left. Leah hears it. She says, Gamani. Right, me too. I'm in. I'm in. So, Unihi debatli la'alter hainu b'chdei shfar. So, what's the Rosh Kuzan? So, what's the Shailah? So, the Gemara says, So, my, what's the Alacha? So, what's the So, I just want to be clear. So, now, what we're going to be doing for the rest of the time is really focusing on this one specific question. In the mechanics of Shitas Rabbi Eliezer, in the mechanics, that proactive revocation works. How does proactive revocation work? Does proactive revocation mean that it stunts the nether from even being chal? That proactive literally can, there's no nether. There's no nether. She makes the nether, and we'll say, what does proactive revocation do? Boom! Smashes it right there. It stops it right there. It's never even chal for a moment. Or no, it's chal. It's chal, because when a person makes a nether, it's chal. And what does proactive revocation do? The moment after it's chal, what happens? What happens? The annulment comes and annuls it or revokes it. So that's the shayla. Mike. So we'll see, now we're going to try to try to discuss this. So Tashma, Amr Rabbi Eliezer, Im hafer nedarim shabal lechlal iser lo yafer nedarim shabal lechlal. Sorry, Amr Rabbi Eliezer. So listen to this. More close. More close as follows. Amr Rabbi Eliezer, Im hafer nedarim shabal lechlal iser. So we'll say this was Rabbi Eliezer's statement in the Mishnah, right? What did Rabbi Eliezer say? If a husband has the ability to annul his wife's nedarim once they've actually taken effect, certainly he should be able to annul a nether before it creates iser. Which Rabbi say sounds like what? Rabbi say what that sounds like just from the wording of Rabbi Eliezer and the Mishnah. Rabbi say how does practical revocation work? What does it sound like? What does it sound like? It prevents it from ever being chal, right? Shmami no. Lo chalin. So I'll say, just if you look at, again, I think, I don't know, at least when I first read the Mishnah, that's how you understand what I was saying. Proactive revocation means it stops it. It's never even chal. Look, look, look at the Lashon. If a husband has the ability to go ahead and annul his wife's nadarim, shabao lichlal iser. But so what does it mean, shabao lichlal iser mean? They came, they came true. In other words, they came to be already, right? In other words, the nether was chal, then what? Certainly, you can go ahead and annul nidarim that have not yet come to reality, which sounds like again, it sounds like proactive revocation means your pre- husband prevents the neder from ever being chal. 
To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Mikatani, Mikatani, Shein Ba'in. The Mishnah doesn't say that they never come. Shalobau, Shalobau Katani, Adayin Lobau. We'll say what the Mishnah means to say is like this. The Mishnah is not saying that when she makes a nether, the nether is not chal. The Mishnah is saying that the whole chapa proactive revocation is he's making a statement about things that have not yet occurred. Shalobau, they haven't occurred. But when they do occur, it's possible that what? They'll be chal, they'll be chal, even just for a moment. And then proactive revocation comes in and ultimately annuls it. So we'll say, it's going to just sing, let me read it again. Mikatani she'in bo'im. Did the Mishnah say that the nether that she would proactive revocation, the nether that she makes, never comes to an isur? Ayi is not found. No. Shalobau katani. It means if a husband has the ability to annul nadarim of his wife that she has already made, he has the ability to annul the nadarim that she has not yet made. But again, it's quite possible when she makes them, what are the mechanics? She makes the nether, it's chal, and then a moment later, the proactive revocation sets in. Adayin lo bo. take a quick look at the rush for just a moment. So the rush says, Mikatani she'in bo'in, tahavi mashma af achar she'tidor osan ina bo'in l'chal iser. So I will say, if it would have said she'in bo'in, the lashon of she'in bo'in is on the nether. Is on the nether. In other words, that the nether itself never has the ability to materialize. But that's not what it says. Shalobau katani. That they have not yet come into being. Meaning what? means she has not yet made any vows. But when she makes vows, it's possible that what are the mechanics? The vow is chal, even just for a moment. And then Lamaisa, then the hafara, then the annulment kicks in. So therefore, both say, no raya from the Mishnah. So again, just to be clear, we're still focused on our same question, which is, according to Rabbi Eliezer, in the world of proactive revocation, how does proactive revocation work? Halacha lamaisa doesn't mean that the neder takes effect for a moment and then the revocation comes in and cancels it, or no proactive revocation stunts it and prevents the neder from ever being chal even for just a moment. So we haven't answered it. Yeah, next. Tashma. Amr and Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said to them, so we'll say here, now the Gemara is coming from the Tosefta. So Amr and Rabbi Eliezer. Uma b'makom she'in mefer nidre asmo. This is very interesting, I will say. This is all, remember, Tosefta is just another version of the same Machlokas. So, another argument Rabbi Eliezer advances to the Chachamim. A person has the ability, I will say, well, let's take a step back. A person doesn't have the ability to be made for his own Nidarim. Right, we've, this, this is me on term 101. I make a nether, I cannot annul my own nether. Once I make a nether, I myself cannot annul it. But watch this. I will say, what can I do? I can proactively annul my own vows. I will say, how do I proactively annul my own vows? We learn this. We learn this, Sogda. Right, I will say, what do we call this? Call Nidra. Kalmidra, right? You have to say, if you take a quick look, take a quick look, we're going to do a lot of rush today. I'm sorry, go back to the rush for just a moment. The rush says, You could proactively annul your own vows before you vow. The rush says, So, now watch this. 
When it comes to my own nidharm, this is nice. When it comes to my own nidharm, I cannot annul my own nether once I've made it. But what can I do? I can proactively annul my nidharm. How can I proactively annul my nidharm? At Rosh Hashanah, I get up, I say, and right, I'm hereby proactively annulling all of my nidharm for the year. Right? Battle, right? The practical verification. Now listen, now watch this. Now watch this. So the Gemara says, Makom, Shemefer Nidre Ishtam Mishatidor, Eno Din Shiafar Nidre Ishta Achalotidor. Now listen, now listen to this. So in the Tosefta's version, this was the Kabachomer of Rabbi Eliezer. So the says, if when it comes to my own Nidarim, once I made it, I can't be made for it. Yet what? Proactive revocation is permitted when it comes to the Nidarm of my wife where I do have the ability to annul it once she's made it, I should also have the ability to what? To proactively annul all the darim as well. So I will say, so now, by the way, now we're, compa- so we're comparing over here the ability for me to proactively annul my nidarim with the ability to proactively annul my wife's nidarim. Now the Gemara says, my love, the ishtab dumya delay, are we not saying that the annulment, proactive annulment of my wife's nidarim is like the proactive annulment of my own nidarim. How so? Mahu delochayle. They will say, when I do proactive, when I do proactive nidarim revocation for myself, they will say, what are the mechanics of that? What are the mechanics? I make a nidarim, what happens? Well, let's play this out. I stand up Rosh Hashanah, I say, I write, I say, kol nidre with kavana, and I'm, I'm proactively annulling all of my nidarim. Fine. Two days later, I make a nidar. What's the halacha with that nidar? Right? Was that nether chal at all? No. no, not even for a moment. Not even for a moment. Ooh, okay. So now we'll say, according to this version, but let's just sing like this. Well, it's just follow the Kabbalah Homer. Kabbalah Kabbalah Homer. If a person, if a person doesn't have the ability to be made for his own nether, but yet he can proactively revoke his own nedarim. So certainly when it comes to his wife, where if she makes a nether, he can revoke it. He certainly can what? Proactively revoke her nedarim. So we'll say, so what are we doing? We're comparing personalistic nether, personalistic proactive revocation, ultimately again, to marital proactive revocation, right? And therefore we're going to say, just like in personalistic proactive revocation, ultimately again, that prevents the nether from ever being chal. So, so to again, if I proactively revoke my wife's nedarim, that should also prevent them from ever being chal, even for just a moment. So the Gemara says, Mahu delo chaylon, just like my Yadam, if I proactively revoke them, they're never chal. So to my wife, it must be the one I do, according to Reliezer, when you do proactive revocation, the nether is never chal at all. Wow, pretty solid. Except the Gemara says, Lo. Now, I will say, you can't necessarily compare the two. In other words, what, I understand the Kabachomer, right? The Bible said the Kabachomer that Rabbi is making is like this, which again, I just want to point out now you have two different versions of the Kabachomer, right? In our, in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, the version of the Kabachomer was if a husband has the ability to revoke his wife's nether once it's created a reality, you can certainly revoke the nether when? Before the reality is created. In other words, that, that Kabachomer is predicated on the idea that it's halakhically much harder to undo a reality than it is to prevent a reality from occurring. So if you have the power to undo the reality, i.e. to revoke your wife's nadarim, you certainly have the ability to what? 
proactively revoke them as well. In the Tosefta's version, the Kabachom of Rebeliezer is like this. If a person who doesn't have the ability to revoke his own Nidarim can proactively revoke his own Nidarim, so then certainly for his wife, where he does have the ability to revoke her Nidarim, he certainly could go ahead and proactively revoke her Nidarim. Now the Gemara essentially wanted to take that Kabachomer one step further and compare the, compare the, the mechanisms for personal proactive revocation to marital proactive revocation. And just like, again, my personal proactive revocation, my, my proactive revocation prevents my nether from even being chal for just a moment, perhaps that's what should happen when I proactively revoke the nadarm of my wife, to which the Gemara says, no. All the Kabbalah does is create the reality for proactive revocation in the context of a wife's nadarim. The mechanisms, however, still may be different. It's possible to say that when it comes to personalistic proactive revocation, that prevents my nadir from even being chal for just a moment. But when it comes ultimately again to proactive revocation for a wife, maybe the nadir is chal for a moment and then is actively and is actively revoked after that. So alkadis of alkadis, it just means the mechanisms may operate differently. Okay, so therefore I will say, very interesting Gemara's, but we haven't answered our question yet. Let's go back there. Tashma. So this is very interesting. Amrullah Rabbi Eliezer. I will say now, in this, in this context over here, so th- this is, I will say, this is the same Tosefta. In the same Tosefta, so the, the Chachamim answered up, they, they responded to the Chavachomer of Rabbi Eliezer. So we'll say, so again, everything we're doing now is a flow of the conversation from the Tosefta. So Rabbi Eliezer made his Chavachomer. Right, so remember again, what was his kavachomer? If I don't have the ability to revoke my own dharma, but proactively, but engage in proactive revocation, and it works. So for my wife, where I can revoke her nadarim, I certainly could go ahead and what? Engage in proactive revocation. Now the kavachomim respond. Here we go. Amrulo. Amrulo Rebeleazer. Uman mikvah, shemales hatnei tumasan, eimat zatorim. It was a mikvah, right? A mikvah which has the ability to go ahead and what? Well, so what does a mikvah do? A mikvah has the ability to change the status of something. Right? You take something that's tame, you put it into a mikvah, whether that thing is me, right? Or, or, or an object or something else. Right? So I take something that is tame, I immerse it in the mikvah, and it becomes tar. Yet, ein matzil al hatahorim made tame. But what can't you do? This would be great if you could do it. Right? Proactive immersion to stave off Tuma doesn't work. But how great would that be? And how great would that be? And I was thinking about even just for myself. I go to the mikvah, I say, you know what, this is a proactive, this, this is my sin barrier. Right, my sin barrier, right? I'm now coded, I'm coded, right? Or I go ahead and I immerse my utensils, right? Therefore they can't become, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I will say, so, but before we go on, just understand what the Chama doing over here. The Chama is saying, just because you can see, Rabbi Eliezer's entire Kavachomer, I will say, is predicated on what? At least from the Mishnah originally. If you could change the status of something, you certainly could what? Prevent the status of never occurring. That's his whole logic. Amicham says, that's not true. Right? Mikvah is the greatest raya to that. Mikvah has the ability to change status, but yet what? It doesn't have the ability to prevent. Now, I will say, according to the Rush, according to the Rush, the rest of the quotation over here is not really necessary for the proof, because that, that's what we're going to, we'll get to, but let's, let's just look at it. The Yimara says, Adam, Sheimalas Atanim, yet interestingly enough, by a person of outside, right? A person, a person himself, ultimately again, 
cannot change the status of something that is Tameh. Listen to this. It's actually very interesting. So a mikvah, which has the ability to go ahead and change the status of something from Tameh to Tahar, yet can't proactively prevent something from becoming Tameh. I would have thought that a person, therefore, bless you, who doesn't have the ability to change the status of something from Tameh to Tahar, certainly doesn't have the ability to prevent something from becoming Tameh to begin with. Now, I both say, let me just give you the context of that. That happens to be, the Gemara says, an untrue statement. Why? Listen to this case. A person, right? Obviously, a person himself cannot go ahead and prevent something from becoming Tameh. Right? I'm sorry. Cannot make something that is Tameh Tahar. Interesting, I'll say, listen to the following case. What happens if a person, in this case, Gemara's case, a person swallows a ring, swallows a ring, and he walks into a house where there's Tumas Mace, where there's Tumas Mace. So I'll say, so now what happens? So what's his status if he walks into a house where there's Tumas Mace? He's Tame. What's the status of the ring? The ring is Tar. The ring is Tar. So in other words, technically speaking, where to excrete the ring, right? And then you put it on. After washing it, right? So you go, you go ahead, right? Right here to go ahead and put, and put it on. So that ring, that ring is tahar. So, we'll say, so what, 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 the, what the Rabbana are trying to show the Rabbana is something very interesting, which is, Rabbi Lezer's whole logic is, if you could, preve- if you could undo a reality, if you, if, you, right, if you could take a reality and change it, you certainly could prevent it from ever occurring. And all the Chavah is saying to Rabbi Lezer is, that's not true. That's, that's simply not true. Mikvah is a perfect riot to that. Mikvah has the ability to change realities, yet Mikvah cannot work in a proactive fashion. Interestingly enough, a person who cannot change reality of Tumah to Tara, ultimately what? Can act in a preventative measure. Can act in a preventative measure. I would say, by the way, that, that case, I just want to point out, that case of the person who swallows the ring, he walks in, he walks into the house that is tummy. And so what happens? He becomes tummy, but the ring becomes tar. And we'll say, what a beautiful Musa Haskell. You know what that, you know what that tells us? And we'll say, that's why no matter what you do in life, your neshama remains untainted. Because the neshama is not something I wear on the sleeve. The neshama is something that is embedded inside of me. And the same way that the ring, once it's swallowed, does not, is not impacted by the tumah on the outside, the neshama which is part of my communion, which is part of my inside, no matter what happens on the outside of us, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter how I act, neshama shenasata be tahorihi. The neshama is always pure. The neshama always remains untainted. You can go to whatever places of tumah, engage in whatever kinds of tumah, but then the kedusha of the neshama always remains intact. Why? Because it's part of my inside. And that which is inside of me is never impacted ultimately again by what happens on the outside. The ring remains taller than the remains. So I will say, by the way, this is why, this is why, why is tshuva possible? Why is tshuva possible? At the end of the day, right? Think about it. I mess up so badly in life and I mess up repeatedly. And the truth is, for years and years and years, I'm engaging in negative behaviors. Why is tshuva possible? Tshuva is possible because no matter what I've done externally, the neshama always remains intact. The neshama always remains pure. And therefore, as soon as I'm ready to access it, it gives me the cloth of the chuvah. It's incredible. So I'll say, but again, shmami no, lo chaylin.
I will say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? From the way that ultimately, again, the, the, by the way that the Chachamim are interacting, or the way the Chachamim are phrasing this, towards Rabbi Eliezer, you see that in their view, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the idea of his proactive revocation prevents the neder from ever being chal at all. And as I will say, the halashna over here from using the mikvah, right? Their raya with mikvah is, mikvah can't proactively prevent something from becoming tameh. The fact that that's what they're retorting to Rabbi Eliezer indicates to us that from their perspective, Rabbi Eliezer's view is that proactive revocation does what? Prevents the neder from ever taking hold. From ever taking hold. Ema Seifa, it was actually, you know what we're going to do is, um, <laughs> never, never, never. This is your first day in the year. Say stuff like that. Hey, all right, fine. Now, now we're going forward. I involved. I involved. Ema Seifa. Ema Seifa. So we'll say, listen to this. Right? What about the end? Right? What are we, just for another minute. Right? So we'll say, so ultimately again, yeah, look, look, look at the end of that same Tosefta, I will say. So what does it say? They said to Rabbi if you have the ability to be tovel a kli, right? So if you take a kli that's tame, and ultimately again, you can make it tar. So yet, bilu kli malitar. Ultimately, again, can we proactively immerse the cleaning utensil so that if it becomes tummy, it should become tar? So this is again the Chum arguing back on Rabbi Eliezer. Both sides. The problem is, what does this sound like from here? What I'm here to argument is, the Chum is saying to Rabbi Eliezer, if you can take a kli that's tummy and immerse it and make it tar, can you proactively take a kli that is tar and immerse it now so that when it becomes tummy, it can become tar? Rabbi Eliezer, that logic sounds like what? They're saying, can you take a kli, immerse it now, so that when it becomes tameh, it will immediately become tar. What does that sound like? There sounds like they're saying, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the nether is chal for a moment, and then ultimately again, then is an old. Shmamino chaylin. Shmamino chaylin. So we'll say, so therefore again, so we'll, we'll, st- we'll stop over here. For, we'll, we'll stop over here. So we'll say, so again, the most essential, Amri Rabbanon, Amri Rabbanon lo kaimi lo hometami now both say, the truth is, so now it's interesting just, I want to point out, from the Tosefta. So the Tosefta has two parts to it, or really three parts to it. The first part of the Tosefta is where Rabbi Eliezer advances his Kalvachomer. And in this case, again, his Kalvachomer is a little bit different than the Kalvachomer as espoused in the Mishnah. But that's okay, same basic Kalvachomer. The Rabbanon, the Chachamim, respond to Rabbi Eliezer in two ways. One from, well, both from Mikvah, but just using two different examples of Mikvah. The interesting part is, the way they respond to Rabbi Eliezer in the first response makes it sound like their understanding of Rabbi Eliezer is that proactive revocation prevents the nether from ever being chal. In the second response they give to Rabbi Eliezer, it sounds like their understanding of Rabbi Eliezer is what? That the nether is chal and then immediately revoked. To which the Gemara essentially says, to which the Gemara says, you're right. The Rabbanon don't really understand the position of Rabbi Eliezer. So we'll say, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stop here. For, we're going to do Mishnah in just a moment. We're going to stop here just a moment. So I just want to point out where, where we're stopping at. Here's what we have. Right? So let's just bring it all together, right? Halacha number one. Proactive affirmation, everyone agrees, doesn't work. Why? Why? Where does Rush call it? Tosis calls it? Kiyom Bitaos. It's a potential of mistaken affirmation. Good. The Mahlokas case, proactive, proactive revocation. 
Rabbi Eliezer says it works. Chachamim say it does not work. Our entire sugya has been focused on the position of Rabbi Eliezer. Specifically, when Rabbi Eliezer says that proactive revocation works, I will say, what does that mean? Does that mean that ultimately, again, the nether is chal for a moment, and then it's revoked? So in other words, it takes hold for a moment, then revocation occurs, or maybe proactive revocation says, prevents the nether from ever taking hold at all. Proactive revocation says, it stops the nether at the gate. What's the nafkamina? What's the nafkamina? Ultimately, again, hatfasa. Could someone else piggyback on the nether that the, woman, that the wife made? If you hold that the nether is chal, even for just a moment, hatfasa will work. But the mice, again, if you hold that the nether is not chal, in other words, it, it's, it's just stopped at the gate, it never takes it back, then piggybacking upon that nether will not work. What's the resolution? We don't have it yet. The good news is, we're not the only ones confused by the cheetah of Rabbi Eliezer. The Chachamim were as well. The Chum were not sure in Rabbi Eliezer's model what the mechanics are. So we'll say, we'll stop here for today. We'll see the resolution of that. And Mirat Hashem as well as the Halakha Lamaisa, Mirat Hashem tomorrow. We'll say, let's do a few moments of Mesilasi Shalom.